was AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. going on guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your smackdown post show for may 13th friday the 13th what a horror show smackdown was tonight friday the 13th 2022 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your friday night's Wherever you may be. In more important news, because SmackDown was a complete disaster again tonight for every fucking possible reason you could imagine. The same shit that we usually see every single week. Rematches. Raquel Rodriguez getting a championship match. She doesn't belong in the ring with Ronda Rousey. Or Rousey. I can't stand this show. And then WWE is giving us a unification match next week, which we'll talk about in a second. But in more important news, I finally, I finally have watched The Batman. I watched The Batman in one sitting, all two hours and 58 minutes of The Batman with Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne slash The Batman. And I must say, and I must say, it is not better than The Dark Knight. No way is it better than The Dark Knight, man. Whoever thinks this is better than The Dark Knight, man. Jesus fucking Christ. Get your head examined, please. This is not on the level of The Dark Knight, okay? You can put that to bed. I will say this. I thought it was a great movie. I really enjoy the darkness of whoever produced this thing. What the fuck is his name? Matt Reeves? Whoever produced this thing, man, I thought he did a great job. I thought he did a great job. The highlight of the movie for me, and I'd rather, listen, I'd much rather talk about this than talk about fucking SmackDown. The, The highlight of the movie for me was the Riddler. No question about it, man. The Riddler and whoever portrayed the Riddler in the the Batman. He did a phenomenal job, man. I loved how the Riddler was, unlike any other Riddler that we've seen on the big screen before. I love the fact that he had this serial serial killer, Zodiac killer type vibe to him. I, I love those type of shits, man. Those documentaries on those serial killers, and they're just fucking very strategic in what they do, and they got... Six step, you know those, you know the the Riddler and villains like that, man. Let me tell you something. They got, you know what they got? They got long term booking better than WWE does. Down start. It's fucking incredible, man. I love the way the Riddler had this serial killer vibe to him, and 
I thought it was great. It was the best Riddler that, that, that we've seen on screen for any Batman uh, adaptation ever. So whoever played the Riddler, man, he did a phenomenal job. We had, uh, what was his name? Colin Farrell. I didn't know that Colin Farrell played fucking Penguin in the Batman. Holy shit. Uh, people were telling me, Colin Farrell. I'm like, hey, let, me, let me look at this guy again and then look at what fucking Colin Farrell looks like, man. Holy shit. Did they transform him into something else, man? He played a great penguin. He looked great in that. Now, I don't know who they're getting for the Joker. I don't know who they're getting for the Joker, man. We saw the shadow of the Joker behind the jail cell door while he and the Riddler were laughing it up at the end of the movie before Batman went to uh, go rendezvous with the Catwoman, who I also thought was a great adaptation of the Catwoman, too. I don't know who they're getting to play the Joker. But I will say this, it is, if it's like anything that we've seen so far with the casting and the portrayals, I'm going to trust Matt Reeves that he's got somebody handpicked for the Joker that's going to do a great job. It's not going to be a Heath Ledger Joker, but if it's something along the lines of what we saw in this first movie, I think it's going to be great. Now, the thing is, with Batman, Bruce Wayne, Robert Pattinson, to me, played a phenomenal Batman. He was a great Batman. He got the voice down. You know, I've always said that when you talk about Batman and you really go and cast somebody for Batman and we see a Batman portrayal on the big screen, half of it's the voice. You got to get the voice down, bro. If you don't have a good Batman voice, then you're not going to be a good Batman. But he had everything down. He got the suit down. He got the look down. He got the voice down. I thought he did a phenomenal job as the Batman. Now, Bruce Wayne, I don't know, man. You know, you know. I, I think I got to get in line with what everybody else is saying about his adaptation or portrayal of Bruce Wayne. Obviously, this is a very young Batman. This is a very young Bruce Wayne He's dark, he's like emo, he listens to fucking Papa Roach, last resort type of Bruce Wayne, right? He wants to fucking cut his wrist and he wears the fucking black eyeliner and he goes to school with the fucking wallet chain and the black t-shirts and the ripped black jeans and the fucking spikes. He, he's one of those guys. He's very emo. But a lot of people were telling me that this is a very dark, very brooding Bruce Wayne, and that we'll see him kind of transform into what I always correlate with Bruce Wayne, the party animal, the ladies' man, the guy that's floating around his money everywhere, thinks he's the fucking kingpin of Gotham City. It's going to transform into that. If I was to say what everybody, if I was to interpret what everybody was telling me, it is the ringmaster, Stone Cold Steve Austin, before we got Stone Cold Steve Austin, if that makes any sense to you guys. In, uh, in pro wrestling terms. But I thought it was a great movie. Yes, he's Darby Allen. He's basically Darby Allen as Bruce Wayne. There you go. So I thought it was great. Whatever they do for the second one, I'm very much looking forward to it. And uh, two thumbs up from me, man. Not anywhere near The Dark Knight. I don't think anything's going to be better than The Dark Knight ever. But two thumbs up from me. I thought it was a great movie. Not so much with SmackDown. Not so much with SmackDown. We got another tease for the tag team unification match with the Usos and RK-Bro. Now, WWE can tease us all they want. And the fans could sit there and rub their palms together, their fat, 
sweaty, fucking clammy palms because you're all a bunch of fucking sweat hogs, slobs, right? You can rub your hands together and say to all of the community, yeah, we're finally getting it. We're finally getting it. We're finally getting it. Finally, we're getting a tag team title unification match. No, you're not. No, you're not. You may be getting it next week. The match may be happening next week, and we may get a ding, 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 and the bell may ring, but I don't think that there will be a clear-cut winner. I don't think that there will be a clear-cut winner. Now, before I continue on, we could very well get a winner next week and get the same match again inside Hell in a Cell. That's what I'm thinking, but My initial point of view from watching this show and knowing what we know about Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns will not be on the Hell in a Cell card. Roman Reigns was removed from all advertisements of Hell in a Cell and was replaced by Cody Rhodes up front and center. Roman Reigns will not be defending the Universal Championship, or the WWE Championship at Hell in a Cell, and the only pay-per-views he is scheduled for are Money in the Bank and SummerSlam, and then more than likely the UK show Clash at the Castle. And we will be talking about this extensively on the podcast Sunday Night Live on YouTube. I got all the information you need about Roman Reigns, and we'll talk about what's going to happen and what I do and Book it all going into Clash of the Castle. But Roman Reigns will not be at Hell in a Cell. There will not be a world championship title match at Hell in a Cell. And the main event for the pay-per-view more than likely will be the Usos versus RK-Bro for the tag team championships inside Hell in a Cell. I do not think we're getting a tag team title change next week on SmackDown. That is way too easy. That is way too easy. And knowing what we know about Roman Reigns and the fact that he won't be there, if we have, uh, and this is not unlike WWE to do the match again, I don't like it because if they're doing it now, then we should just do it on Friday and just call it a day and crown new champions. But I do think that we get a fuck finish next week. And I think we get this match again dragged out for another couple of weeks and we put this thing inside Hell in a Cell. Maybe Sami Zayn gets involved. Maybe Roman Reigns gets involved somehow, being that Matt Riddle need him in the face tonight out of nowhere. Of all the people that he need in the face, he need Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle need Roman Reigns in the face. Not Jay, not Jimmy, not Paul Hammond. It was Roman Reigns. So I think we get a fuck finish next week. I think we get a start over, a do over inside Hell in a Cell. And I think they lock both of these teams inside, just like the Usos had that classic Hell in a Cell match with the New Day. I think we get another classic Hell in a Cell match, tag team match for the Unified Tag Team Championships, RK-Bro and the Usos inside Hell in a Cell. That's my prediction. Now, we could very well see, like I said just before, we could very well see a title change next week and they do the same match over again Inside Hell in a Cell with one team challenging and the other team defending. I don't think that really is a huge selling point for the pay-per-view. WWE is going to need need to hook you for the pay-per-view. WWE wants to make it feel like it's a big deal. It's got to warrant a Hell in a Cell. 
How do you do that? You fuck finish next week, and then you get these two teams inside Hell in a Cell, and you crown new tag team champions at the pay-per-view, because Roman Reigns won't be defending the world championships at Hell in a Cell. Simple. The other big story that happened tonight was Ronda Rousey. She showed up, new SmackDown women's champion, and she had an open challenge tonight. Now, we all know the SmackDown roster is very, very, very thin. There is no legit competition for Ronda Rousey. Seems like WWE has the same problem with the women as if they don't have any clue. I'm sure they know what's going on. They have the same problem with Ronda Rousey as they do with Roman Reigns. And vice versa. WWE had Ronda Rousey show up tonight and issue an open challenge, and out comes Raquel Rodriguez, smiling everywhere. <laughs> smiling everywhere, man. You could fucking kick this woman's dog into next week, man. <laughs> smiling everywhere. Holy shit. They told her to smile, man. They turned it up to about a fucking 21 on the goddamn uh, volume knob, man. Where max is 10, they turned it up to fucking 21. Holy shit. She looks utterly ridiculous, man. She looks like she's getting ready for the fucking circuses. <laughs> Raquel Rodriguez smiling everywhere. You know, she's smiling everywhere. Holy shit, man. My God, could you make anyone look any more ridiculous than WWE has done to Raquel Rodriguez? I would love to know who her dentist is, man. Apparently, Kevin Dunn is infatuated with her fucking teeth. That's all I see, man. Nothing else. <laughs> look at those uh, pearly whites on Raquel Gonzalez that we changed her name to Rodriguez. <laughs> would. It's exactly what they did to her. So she comes out. She comes out. This woman has won zero matches on this show. She won one match that was against a jobber. <laughs> Those don't count. She wrestled somebody by the name of Kat Cardona. Yes, I believe that was her name. I believe that was her name. Kat, Kat Cardona or something like that. Jobber match. And here she is claiming that she is in line and deserves the right to challenge Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. She's not even worthy to be in line to order a fucking piece of Danish at Starbucks. Never mind getting a fucking SmackDown Women's Championship match against Ronda Rousey. But somehow WWE has fooled its fans to think that this is a match that people want to see. I expected this to be a complete burial. I mean, who did Everybody expected this to be a complete burial. I was shocked to see that WWE gave Raquel as much offense as they did. Now, it still resulted in a loss, and this resulted in something that will be forgotten by the time this show is over, which is uh, 10 o'clock. I'm assuming you guys have already forgotten what happened on the show, and now you're listening to me because I'm far greater entertainment than anything that happened on Friday night on Fox. But... This will be long forgotten by the time next week rolls around. Raquel Rodriguez takes an L. You know what she did when she lost? <laughs> smiling everywhere, man. She's smiling for the crowd. <laughs> right? Oh, my goodness. Jesus fucking Christ. Put the teeth away, man. 
Does Braun like to see you smile that much? Listen, I'm sure Braun loves to see you smile. She got a very pretty smile. But when you're on TV and you lose to Ronda Rousey, I don't want to see her smiling everywhere. I want to see somebody that was defeated and that is upset and that's going to go on a warpath in the women's division. We got another butch match against Kofi Kingston. We got Sami Zayn wanting to be in the bloodline and working unofficially for the bloodline. And that was pretty much all that happened on SmackDown, man. This show sucks. This show is utterly fucking garbage. Uh, I don't know how anybody watches this shit and enjoys themselves on a Friday night. Yes, she is dating. Yes, Eman Perry. She is dating Adam Cher. Yes, she is dating Braun Strowman. I thought this was uh, the uh, in thing to know in the news. Yes. She is dating bro. How? I don't know how he, he scored that. I, I have no fucking idea, but I mean, to each his own. To each his own. Good for him, I guess. Anyway, guys, thank you so very much for joining me here on Off the Script. It is Friday the 13th, and WWE gave you a very scary episode of SmackDown, all things considering. Thank you guys for joining me on your Friday nights. We got 1,300 plus people are still filtering on in to the venue. And we got 400 likes right now, man. We got 1,300 plus. Let's see 1,000 likes tonight on the post show for SmackDown right here on OTS, man. 1,000 likes is the minimum right here on the podcast tonight. So make sure you guys hit that thumbs up if you guys have not done so, man. I'm here Giving you guys entertainment on a Friday night. It's the least you could do for me, man. It helps me out, helps the video out, helps the channel out. It's a great way to support without doing much of anything, really. Super Chats are open. You guys can let me know what you think of SmackDown in the comments section, in the Super Chats. Let me know what you guys think. And uh, we'll hang out at the end of the show with our cold beverages. We'll listen, listen to some good music and we'll just have a good time, man. So make sure you guys get those Super Chats on in and we'll hang out at the end of the show also make sure you guys go hit that join button and become a vip right here on the podcast man i am working on youtube just released in beta we got gifting of channel memberships now i just signed up for that hopefully we get approved for that in the coming weeks and as soon as i let you guys know about that we will be promoting the shit out of that, man. I want everybody. I want that VIP fucking section filled up, man. So if you guys have not joined, make sure you guys hit that join button. Become a VIP, a channel member right here on Off The Script. Go get your t-shirts. Bonfire.com is the exclusive home of Off The Scripts. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. We have plenty of content, man. We got Monday Night Raw. We got an extra on Roman Reigns and the big story about Roman Reigns taking 10 weeks off. Potentially this summer. AEW Dynamite. Jesse and I were live on Wednesday. I'm live tonight. I'll be live again on Sunday night for episode 430 of Off the Script. Plenty of news, man. Roman Reigns news, MJF leaving AEW news. I got it all covered for you, man. So make sure you guys tune into that. Sunday night, I will be sending out notifications sometime this weekend. Make sure you guys hit up my sponsor for today's show, Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash off the script. 30 days free of their service and one free audiobook of their choice of your choice. Not their choice, your choice. You get 30 days free of their service and you get one free audiobook of your choice. That's audibletrial.com 
slash off the script. And I want to thank them as always for supporting the podcast here on the Friday Night SmackDown post-show on Off the Script. And just a word of warning, guys. I did not watch... I did not watch all of Rampage tonight. I was busy doing a bunch of things around the house. I did not watch Rampage. So there will be no Rampage coverage. If you guys want to go check out Rampage coverage, you guys can go check out my partner on Wednesday Night Jesse, the Chi-Town Smark. He covered Rampage tonight in its entirety, 45 minutes. Go check him out. He's got you covered right over there. I'll be back with the Rampage coverage next week at normal time because it will be back on Friday night at 7 p.m. But no Rampage coverage tonight on the podcast. Let's start at the top, man. SmackDown. Randy Orton and Matt Riddle came out. They were the first two guys that we saw on tonight's SmackDown Orton and Riddle came out. Big ovation for RK Bro. They were in Connecticut this evening. They were at the Mohegan Sun Arena in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. So Matt Riddle and Randy Orton came out. And they're in the ring. And they're excited to be here on SmackDown. And he said he and his partner are very excited to be there. But they're also sick and tired of the chase. They're tired of chasing the Usos. So the Usos don't have the balls to make decisions for themselves. He says, obvious, Roman Reigns is the only one making decisions in the bloodline. Riddle says he thought they had the match won at Backlash, but then Reigns speared him and they lost. Riddle said one thing he's good at and one of the things he's best at is seeing patterns. It's like my sixth or seventh sense, he said. Orton looked like... uh, He was a little uh, confused at what Matt Riddle was saying. Riddle said, anytime the Usos can't handle their business, Reigns comes in and tries to take care of it. Orton said they're sick of it, and they are demanding a chance to become the undisputed tag team champions of the world. He called Reigns to come on out. Pat McAfee and uh, Michael Cole were on commentary. Pat McAfee said Orton has been around for 20 years. But Reigns is, right now, he said, the landlord of SmackDown on Fox. So instead of Roman Reigns, we got Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn unofficially doing bloodline business to try and get in good with Roman Reigns. Sami asked if Orton honestly thinks he can just snap his fingers and get Reigns to come out whenever he summons him. Sami said, as the locker room leader he is... Very happy to address all of this on his behalf. He said he speaks for the entire WWE Universe when he says no one wants to see the tag team title unification match between the Usos and RK-Bro. He said more importantly, Orton and Riddle shouldn't want it because if it happens, they will lose. Sammy says he's trying to handle this with leadership. He's trying to handle this as the leader of the SmackDown locker room. He suggested that they take their Raw Tag Team titles and leave and don't come back. Orton asked what he's doing out here. Legitimately, what is he doing out here? Riddle says he's going to call him Rusty because that's your hair color. It is the color of rust. So fans began chanting, Rusty, Rusty. Riddle clarified his name is Sammy Locker Room Leader. Or Sammy clarified his name as Sammy, 
locker room leader as Riddle began chanting, more and more, Rusty, Rusty. Sammy said what he's about to say isn't a threat, but he said he should think about how he talks about Reigns and the bloodline. He said the last person who disrespected them was Shinsuke Nakamura. He said he handled that situation last week. Orton said Sammy isn't an errand boy for Roman Reigns, but is making decisions for the bloodline. He says he makes calls and gets things done, which is cool. Sammy acknowledged it's cool. Orton said he's a vital part of SmackDown. Sammy says he gets it. Orton said in this case, he should make the decision to grant them a match. Sammy versus Riddle. And if Riddle wins, they get a unification tag team title match. Fans wanted to see this. I did not. Orton told Sammy if he's calling the shots, make it happen and make a lot of people happy. Sammy looked around all nervous. Fine, fine, fine. Let's do it. And then Sammy rolled out of the ring and said, well, these things are very complicated. Maybe we can talk about this in about a week or two. So he's going to go talk to Paul Heyman. He's going to go talk to Roman Reigns to get it all figured out. Adam Pearce walks out and he said, everybody here in the Mohegan Sun would like to see Sammy Zayn versus Matt Riddle tonight. He said the match is official and it starts right now. So we got a Matt Riddle versus Sami Zayn match with what I think is now if Sami Zayn loses, we get a tag team title match between the Usos and RK Bro. I don't know why we are having Sami Zayn gatekeep for the tag team championships and a match is made to determine whether or not we get Matt Riddle winning or losing, and based on that, we get the decision that hangs in the balance for the tag team championships and the unification match of the tag team titles. I think it's utterly ridiculous. It almost seems like WWE wrote this show during their lunch hour today. What does Sami Zayn have to do with the unification of the tag team titles, and why are you even teasing that Sami Zayn, on behalf of the bloodline, is making that sort of decision. It is fucking ridiculous. Whether that was the case or not, it is fucking ridiculous to even throw that out there in the universe. Sami Zayn has nothing to do with this situation. You should want to do the match because out of all the current problems in WWE right now, this is one that needs the utmost of importance and the utmost of priority. You should want to do this match based off the simple fucking fact of the matter that it needs to be done. Stop teasing. Stop prolonging. Stop walking on eggshells. Stop fucking clickbaiting the audience. Just do the match. I'm sick and tired of waiting. I'm sick and tired of the teases. I'm sick and tired of RK Bro going to Monday Night Raw and wrestling the Street Profits for the fucking 18th time or the Alpha Academy for the fucking 13th time. And then that's it on Monday night. Nobody else. WWE is in a situation right now where they, if they even unify the tag team championships, there may be, there may be, a good five or six solid teams on WWE's roster. I don't really consider that a division. You know, when you look at the other show, the one on Wednesday night, 
They got about 20 fucking tag teams. They know what the fuck they're doing with their tag team title situation. Why is it so difficult for WWE to make this one decision? Just do it. I promise you, it will be like pulling that Band-Aid off and it will be swift and painless. It's not going to hurt. It's not going to bother you. It's going to make your show better. Now, I don't know how Fox is going to handle this. I don't. With the rumor that they want brand exclusivity, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. Are they going to want Monday Night Raw roster members on Friday night? I don't know. Do we even get a unification match? I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. Don't know why this match hasn't taken place yet. I don't know why they ended it and ripped up the contract when it was all said and done. Why would they do that? Fox probably had to step in and somebody in WWE said, listen, we have nothing else to do with the tag team division. This is the best for both shows. You're going to get to keep brains. You're going to get to keep brand exclusive titles and the intercontinental title. But let us do this. You get to share some of the best mid-card talent, secondary talent on the roster with Monday Night Raw. This is going to make your show a lot better. A lot better. This opens up a whole new division now. Just do it. I don't see what the fucking problem is. So we got this match. Matt Riddle, he beat Sami Zayn, obviously. This is not going to go any other way. Riddle beat Zayn in a very good match. Sami Zayn is excellent. Matt Riddle is excellent. Not really surprised that these two had a good match. If this was NXT Black and Gold and this was Matt Riddle and Sami Zayn, you know, Triple H NXT, I thought these two could have had a fucking fantastic match. This would have been takeover caliber if this was Triple H. So Riddle had an early advantage. Zayn quickly took over. He slowed the pace down with the, you guessed it, folks, the typical WWE chin lock. Riddle escaped. He took it to Zayn with a kick to the face, followed up with a running forearm in the corner. Riddle hit a punt kick, went for a broton. Zayn got his knees up. Zayn took over. He went for a haluva kick. Riddle got his feet up. Zayn was in control again. He beat down Riddle some. Fans broke into a loud riddle chant in the middle of this match to kind of hype him back into it. Zayn slowly climbed to the top rope. Riddle recovered. He jumped up. He went for a super RKO, but Zayn pushed him off. Zayn jumped off. Riddle knocked him out with a knee right for a two count. Riddle went for a bro to sleep. Zayn broke free. Hit a Michinoku driver for a very close near fall of his own. Zayn taunted Orton. Went for the draping DDT. All of Randy Orton's offense, mind you. Riddle reversed and dumped Zayn out to the floor. He followed up with a kick to the face. And then he dove over the, rock, uh, over the ropes onto Sami Zayn. Riddle then hit a power slam. Set up for the RKO once again. Zayn rolled out of the ring. So Riddle chased after him. But Zayn threw him into the ring post. He then dumped Riddle over the barricade. And tried to win the match by countout so that he could look good for Roman Reigns. So I'm assuming that if he was winning or wanted to win by countout, that the ruling in the promo pre-match was what they went with. So if Zayn beat Riddle, then the unification match would not be taking place. 
So he tried to win by countout. He obviously did not win by countout as Riddle got back in at a nine count. So Riddle beat the count. He quickly hit a bro Derek upon entering the ring, and that was it. That was enough to beat Sami Sammy Zayn for the one, two, three. It looks like RK Bro is still in line for tag team unification match if they want to go in that direction. After the match was over, Roman Reigns and the Usos were shown watching the match on the big screen in Roman Reigns' locker room. Reigns asked why RK Bro are once again on his show. He said they already smashed them. Jay said they were talking trash about Reigns, and now they're on SmackDown talking trash about the longest-reigning SmackDown tag team champions in the Usos, saying they can't do anything on their own. He said the whole world will acknowledge the Tribal Chief tonight. Reigns really liked that comment by Jay Uso. So, we got this match to happen. Sami Zayn gatekeeping the tag team titles. I didn't like it, but it seems like we were going to end the show at this point with more RK Bro and Usos face-to-face with a potential match to be made for whenever WWE decides to do it. Just fucking do it. No tricks, no fucking hocus-pocus, no backtracking, no announcing something and then taking it away. Just do the match. That's all you need to do. Have them go out there and have a barn burner of a match and call it a day, and you will have one tag team champion. Fine. I love it. Should have been done fucking seven years ago, but here we are. So we got Shinsuke Nakamura. Following up with this, Sami Zayn mentioned that Shinsuke Nakamura failed. Nakamura walked up to Sami Zayn backstage and said, Roman is the head of the table, but you, Sami Zayn, you are the table's ass. He laughed and walked away from Sami Zayn. We will be getting Shinsuke Nakamura versus Roman Reigns at some point. I don't know when that will be, but WWE, uh, according to the sources and the plans that we uh, read via the dirt sheets over the weekend, that match is still scheduled to be in the plans and still scheduled to take place at some point between now and the end of the summer. So Roman Reigns and Nakamura more than likely will be happening at some point in the distant future. Ronda Drowsy! She walked out in Connecticut and put everybody to fucking sleep. Ronda Rousey sleepwalked to the ring. Got a video package airing on Rousey's win over Charlotte at Backlash. Where is Charlotte? You guys may be asking. Where is the android? Charlotte Flair. I got backstage news on why Charlotte Flair was written off WWE television. At WrestleMania Backlash. As many of you saw, Ronda Rousey is the new SmackDown Women's Champion. She beat Charlotte Flair at Backlash in an I Quit match. It was later noted that WWE had storyline written Charlotte off of television with a fractured radius is what they reported on the pay-per-view, which is essentially a broken arm. This is a storyline reason to write her off television. Brian Alvarez noted during... His backlash recap 
on the Brian and Vinny show that Flair is getting married to Andrade very soon, and it appears that she's being written off so that she could have some time off for the wedding. Alvarez said, and I quote, they claimed that her radius is broken. I'm pretty sure that this whole thing was a way to write Charlotte off TV for a little while. So Ronda won the title and Charlotte's going to get married. Alvarez joked that's the way WWE does things. Charlotte could still show up on TV whenever she wants, but this is likely it for her for a while. It was also confirmed on this week's The Bump on WWE's YouTube channel that Flair is out of action indefinitely. It is exactly unclear how long she will be gone from television. Flair recently revealed to Ariel Hawani on BT Sport that her wedding is set for some time this summer. Flair is engaged still, no matter what you guys may think or may not think, she is engaged still to former WWE star, current AEW star, Andrade El Idolo. As for what's next for Rousey, there have been no hints given on who she will be feuding with next going into the summer months. That answer will likely come in the weeks leading up to the pay-per-view. Now, as far as Ronda Rousey, we'll get to her in a second. Charlotte Flair, this is fantastic. Anytime that Charlotte takes an extended time away from the show... It is so much of a better program when Charlotte Flair is not there. The fact that she is gone is a blessing to us, the fans, and to everybody watching SmackDown. When she is there, she is the most dismal, abysmal, channel-changing, put-your-fingers-in-your-ears just to fucking mute the sound of this woman's voice type of go-away heat. She is awful. Every bit of Charlotte on television is fucking terrible. I don't think she could be away long enough. She may be away June, July. She, she, she'll, she will be back for the big stadium shows. She will be back for SummerSlam. She's not going to take the entire summer off like Roman Reigns is being rumored to take 10 weeks off this summer. Charlotte Flair is not taking... 10 weeks off. The wedding will probably happen next month. They'll go on a week, a two-week honeymoon, whatever the fuck uh, the case may be, and she'll be back for the stadium shows. She'll be back for Money in the Bank. She'll be back for SummerSlam. She will be back by the time the summer really gets heated. Now, Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey's out there, and she said Charlotte was a 13-time champion, which is impressive. Not to me. 13 titles does not mean anything to me talking about Charlotte Flair. She said she's got the title now. She held up the belt. She said Charlotte was one of her toughest competitors yet. She's had to break her arm to get her to say, I quit. I die before I would even say those words, I quit. But that's just me. Rhonda, Rhonda then takes the microphone and says, I want to make history tonight. I want to be a um, fighting champion. And I want to have a SmackDown Women's Open Challenge for my SmackDown Women's Championship. Does Ronda Drowsy. So out comes Raquel Rodriguez. 
Out comes Raquel Rodriguez. She walks down the aisle, smiling. <laughs> Raquel Rodriguez, she got this big fucking smile on her face, man, right? She's got that Joker-like fucking smile, man, on her face. <laughs> smiling everywhere, walking down the aisle. She gets in the ring, more smiling, right? More smiling from Raquel Gonzalez. Fucking ridiculous. Does she get extra tip for smiling the way that she does? She's in the ring. And she's there. And she's standing tall over Ronda Rousey. Obviously, the announcers talk about the size difference. Rodriguez accepts her challenge. She said she might be new to SmackDown, but she wants to become the SmackDown Women's Champion. She said it would be an honor to step in the ring with a legend like Ronda Rousey. My God. My God, does this show suck. I I hate this show. I hate everything about this show. Clearly, you guys do as well. There you go. Somebody clip it, send it to me. I'll put it on the Shorts channel. Or I'll put it on TikTok or Instagram, and then I'll get the fucking e-drones crying. Oh, JD always complains about everything, man. Is she never happy with anything? So we get this match. Ronda Rousey versus Raquel Rodriguez. Listen. I could sit here, I could sit here and say exactly what you guys expect me to say. The match should not have been a thing. Number one. I don't know why this is even a thing. You know, in, in my in my world, in my realm, right? If you call up somebody like Raquel Gonzalez, pretty woman, she's tall, she's athletic, she's bilingual, right? She's got that fucking Hispanic audience on lockdown. Everything about this woman, you, you guys got a, a gem in Raquel Rodriguez. There's a reason why Triple H went all in, no pun intended, on Raquel Gonzalez. They changed her name. They give her one match on SmackDown with a couple of vignettes thrown in. She beats one jobber. And then you expect me to think that WWE, right, is ready to give Raquel Rodriguez a main big shot, a big time shot against Ronda Rousey. You you want me to believe that Raquel Rodriguez, from a a fan's point of view, is ready for a title shot against Ronda Rousey. I want you guys to sit down and really assess the situation here, okay? Charlotte is out. Charlotte is out. So by default, WWE is is missing their biggest star in the women's division, okay? Sasha Banks and Naomi, 
They're tied up with the tag team titles right, right now, which, I, I mean, this can of liquid death that sits in my fucking beer koozie is more valuable than those SmackDown Women's Championships. They're taken up because WWE has nothing to do with them at all. Nothing for them to do whatsoever. So that's Charlotte, Sasha, and Naomi out. Those are three top-tier women that are out for one reason or another. Bailey. Bailey is out. Bailey seems to maybe have had a setback, or maybe WWE is not ready to bring Bailey back just yet. Maybe she's just waiting in the wings, looming for the right opportunity to come back and challenge for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I'll even say the same thing that I said about Raquel Rodriguez. If Bailey comes back, I don't want to see her just jump right in front of everybody else and get a, uh, a SmackDown t- uh, Women's Championship match. No, that's not that's not right. Said so the same thing about Asuka. Asuka was on the show one week. She didn't even wrestle a fucking match. And automatically, she's getting a championship contenders match against Bianca Belair that went four fucking minutes, by the way, on Monday Night Raw, right? So that's Charlotte, Sasha, Naomi, and Bayley, all all gone for one reason or another. All removed from the top of the title card for one reason or another. Who who exactly are you left with? Who who exactly are you left with? Natalia. You're left with Natalia. You're left with Shayna Baszler. WWE's not going to run through that feud. I'd much rather see them be a pairing together. Natalia, Shayna, Aaliyah, Zia Lee, and Shotzi Blackheart. Two of those women in Shotzi and Aaliyah, they were pretty much fucking eradicated in a Charlotte and Ronda Rousey build for a beat the clock challenge. So those two are definitely not challenging Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. So by default, so by default, because everybody else is either gone or tied up doing something else or is absolutely nothing more than a fucking loser, you're left with Raquel Rodriguez. Oh, by the way, they moved Lacey Evans over to Monday Night Raw. She's no longer a part of the SmackDown women's division. So once again, I say you're left with Raquel Rodriguez. That's why you got this match tonight. And if you guys think that this match makes sense because you want to push your own narrative and you want to push your own agenda then you need to slow your fucking shit down and assess the situation for what it is. But I don't expect most of the people to because they have fucking peas for brains. That's why I exist. That's why I'm here. I look above everything in the community. I look down upon the fucking peons in the community and I grace you with knowledge. I'm sorry. Does the truth hurt you? Does the truth fucking make you salty? I'm sorry. The match had no business being on television. Now, now all you've done is bread. Oh, well, she looked good. <laughs> she, she got a lot of offense against Ronda Rousey. That's what you're going to get now. Because Raquel Rodriguez got a couple of fallaway slams and a couple of big moves on Ronda Rousey and a couple of big boots. Everybody's thinking, oh, she was made. She was made. 
She was not made. WWE made this match because there was nobody else to step foot in the ring with Ronda Rousey. In fact, the best move would have been to wait to have Ronda fight. Why did she need to wrestle on this show? She doesn't need to wrestle for the SmackDown Women's Championship as often as you expect her to because she's a champion. You should see everybody else wrestle for a shot at Ronda Rousey. Why didn't you put... Why didn't you put Raquel Rodriguez in the fucking ring with Shotzi Blackheart? Why didn't you put Raquel Rodriguez in a match with Aaliyah or Zia Lee? Or why didn't you give me a triple threat match, being that Aaliyah and Shotzi Blackheart want to fucking argue over who's getting the next shot? Why didn't you give me a triple threat match? I don't know. Build the rest of the fucking division up? Maybe win some fucking matches? And then I won't have to come on here and make everybody look like a fucking fool for liking the shit that you were given tonight? Holy shit. That's the new thing. She was made. (laughs) She was not made. The only thing that was made is a fucking truffle cake in fucking uh, bakery for Titus. Titus Catering. It's the only thing that was fucking made. Raquel Rodriguez made. On what fucking planet was Raquel Rodriguez made? She lost. She lost. I don't give a shit who the fuck she was in there with. Ronda Rousey, Alondra Blaze, Bull Nakano, Trish Stratus, Lita. You could fucking line them all up. I don't give a fuck who the fuck she was in the ring with. She was made into a loser. The match was sloppy as shit. Absolutely terrible chemistry between these two women. So... She got a lot of offense in on Ronda, which was surprising to me. Ronda was fighting from behind for most of this match. So Rousey and Rodriguez had a sloppy match at the end. Rodriguez dominated Rousey for most of this thing, using her strength against Ronda Rousey. Rodriguez dominated the early part of this match with some big power moves and her big strength over Ronda. She threw Rousey into the corner and followed up with a fallaway slam. Rodriguez then hit a second fallaway slam, hit an elbow off the second rope for a near fall, and Michael Cole pointed out that Ronda Rousey was bruised from head to toe because of her I Quit match with Charlotte Flair on Sunday. Rousey tried to fight back, but Rodriguez hit a side slam. She missed that big twisting splash off the second rope. Rousey briefly fought back. She locked on a guillotine. Rodriguez countered into a suplex. Rousey fought back, hit a series of strikes. She followed up with a knee and then a kick to the head. Rousey attempted Piper's pit, but Rodriguez escaped. She counted with a torture rack, but dropped down into a Samoan drop. And Rodriguez went for her big power bomb. Rousey broke free. She went for an ankle lock. Rodriguez escaped that. She then took it to Rousey with a big kick to the face. She went for the power bomb one more time. And Ronda Rousey rolled through out of the powerbomb and pinned Rodriguez down to the mat by hooking her neck and her shoulders down while hooking the leg. One, two, three. After the match was over, Rousey extended her hand in a handshake and Rodriguez was (laughs) smiling all the way. Shaking Rousey's hand. How does it be? How does it feel to be a loser on SmackDown? Raquel Rodriguez. 
WWE is doing one thing and one thing only, folks. So, so for everybody that, that is now on the Raquel Rodriguez hype train, when you barely even fucking know who she is because you didn't watch Triple H's NXT, but you somehow watched the fucking disease known as NXT 2.0, you don't know Raquel Rodriguez. Now, you all, all of a sudden, you want to be on the hype train for Raquel Rodriguez, right? I'll tell you what they're doing right now. She blew through Raquel Rodriguez. She's going to blow through Shotzi. She's going to blow through Aaliyah. She's going to blow through Xia Li. This is all leading to a potential Charlotte returning and getting a rematch. Or if WWE deems her cleared, Bailey coming back and getting a title shot against Ronda. Do you honestly, honestly think that WWE is going to do Raquel Rodriguez versus Ronda Rousey again at this point in the year. WWE has three stadium shows coming up. They got money in the bank. They got, and she could win that if she needs to. Raquel Rodriguez can win money in the bank. Money in the bank. They got SummerSlam and they got Clash at the Castle. Do you genuinely think that WWE is going to book Raquel <laughs> Honestly, think you're gonna book or WWE's gonna book Raquel Rodriguez versus Ronda Rousey at a at a stadium show times three. Give me a break. They're reserving that for Charlotte and they're reserving that for Bailey. WWE will not be going back to this Ronda Raquel Rodriguez match. This was it. This was enough to whet the fucking geeks' appetite on social media who now want to jump on the bandwagon of Raquel Rodriguez. It's not going to happen. She won't sniff championship gold until possibly this year at the end of the year or maybe going into next year. If she's lucky. If she's lucky. WWE always does this. You would think that people would get hip with what WWE does. They're not going to push anybody but a top act against Ronda Rousey. It doesn't work that way. This is Fox at the end of the day. They want their woman in there with another top female because that's all they fucking give a shit about. In the back, Shotzi Blackheart was complaining to Adam Pearce why she's such a loser on WWE television. She claimed she was on her way to the ring, but Raquel Rodriguez pushed her out of the way. Aaliyah approached and claimed that Shotzi locked her in the dressing room so she couldn't accept the challenge. I don't know why we didn't do Rodriguez versus Shotzi or Rodriguez versus Aaliyah or Rodriguez versus Shotzi and Aaliyah to get some wins under her belt. Let's build her up. Instead, they want to throw her out there against Ronda Rousey, lose, and then go on notice for the next fucking six months. Yeah, that's a swell fucking job. But I got to hear for the next couple weeks how I'm wrong and how she's made. <laughs> You guys are some fucking comedians, man. You guys are some fucking jokers, man. Seriously, holy shit. Madcap Moss. We had another Madcap Moss interview. Holy shit. Why? Why is he out there with a microphone? Can we dump this gimmick, please? This is awful. They did an injury angle here with Matt Catmoss and once again, happy Corbin. So they recap Moss beating Corbin at Backlash. Kayla Braxton interviewed Matt Catmoss. 
and she's in the ring, and she's asking him a bunch of questions, and Moss said Corbin can really wear you down with his terrible personality. He got a big win over him, though, at Backlash. He said he couldn't listen or talk about how much, or he couldn't listen to Baron Corbin talk anymore about how expensive his watch collection was. He said he would have tapped out if he had to listen to any more of his watch talk. He took shots at his tattoos. He said he shielded his eyes from his bald head and beat the big bad lone wolf. He let out some weird noise. Yippee! Kayla asks what he wants to do now. He says, uh, there's a couple of things I want to do. Number one, I'd like to start a tag team, a mixed tag team with Sasha Banks and call it Madcap Boss. I did not laugh. He says he wants to win money in the bank. <laughs> man, that may, that may be the best joke of the entire year, God, man, God. Holy shit, man. You're a fucking comedian, bro. You're a fucking comedian. He wants to win money in the bank. <laughs> oh, man. This guy, man, he's got some fucking jokes, this Madcap. Holy shit. He wants to win money in the bank. He says he wants to replace title belts with title suspenders. Corbin then attacked Moss with a chair over and over and over again. He picks up the Andre the Giant trophy. He puts a chair around Madcap's throat. And he takes the trophy and pilmanizes Madcap in the neck and the throat with the trophy, with the chair. Oh, big fucking boom in the middle of the ring. He squashes Madcap and his throat crushes his throat with the trophy and we got a gurney out there we got uh we got the medical staff out there and they roll him away on the stretcher and they did a huge injury angle for madcap moss on smackdown tonight i don't know what's going on they may be writing him off television i, I don't know what the problem is he may listen i swear on everything i own man if this is an injury angle to write him off television and have him come back as a serious character i'm all for it I can't stand this fucking shit. Riddick Moss is such a good fucking hand, man. He looks great. If he takes this serious approach and comes back and beats Corbin and goes all fucking gung-ho on him, I think it would be great for him. That's what needs to be done. If this is an injury angle to rewrite him off television and get him back and repackage him and get rid of this shit gimmick, I'm all for it. But if we, we see this injury angle and he comes back as Mad Cat Moss, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I, I'm so over it. I don't know when this match is going to take place, but they are still continuing Madcap and Happy Corbin on Friday night. Please, hand me a double shot of bleach, somebody, on the rocks. Holy shit. I honestly think people are fucking sick and tired of the same repeated shit over and over again. This is one of them. Let's get him out of that gimmick and get him into something a little bit more serious. Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Natalia and Shayna Baszler. This was for the Women's Tag Team Championship. Natalia was on NXT 2.0 in the main event against Cora Jade. It was largely a women's show on Tuesday night, and they got the lowest rating in the history of NXT 2.0. Not surprising. It's what happens when you main event a fucking show with Natalia Neidhart and Cora Jade. 
But you got all the fucking e-drones and the fucking NXT 2.0 fucking baby shills out there on social media claiming that NXT is such a great show. This was happening well before you fucking shed the fucking pampers, you little bitches. Triple H was doing this four or five years ago. Where the fuck were you? Where the fuck were you? Now, all of a sudden, you're all happy about NXT 2.0, man. I'm pushing the women. Triple H pushed the women. You know who buried the women? Bruce, John, Johnny Ace, and Vince. Give me a fucking break with your illogical fucking point of view. So we got this women's tag team match. And the heels were in control. Baszler worked over Naomi early. Naomi and Banks, I think they work very well together, man. I think they're a solid unit. Banks hit a meteora on Natalia, and she followed up with a bank statement. Baszler broke that up. We go to commercial break. The heels are in control, beating down and getting some heel heat on Sasha. They isolated Banks in their portion of the ring, cut her off from Naomi. Baszler attacked Naomi in her corner to prevent the hot tag. She tried to stomp on Naomi's bad arm. Naomi moved her arm. Banks caught her with a knee. Naomi got the hot tag. She ran wild on Baszler. Baszler fought back, tried to win with Natalia's help, but the referee caught them. Naomi took out Baszler. Natalia took advantage, rolled Naomi up for a near fall. Naomi catches Natalia in a full Nelson. She broke free. Natalia slammed Banks down. Naomi hit the full Nelson bomb for a pin and a two count. The finish came when Natalia went for the sharpshooter, but Naomi used a small package out of the sharpshooter while it was being applied. She rolled Natalia up in a small package for the one, two, three. So where do these women go from here? You know, Naomi has been asked a lot lately about her joining the bloodline. She's been asked a lot lately about joining the bloodline. She said there's a place and a time for that to happen. But then I believe the Usos were interviewed and said that it will happen at some point and Naomi will be in the bloodline when all is said and done. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's going to be a foreshadowing of things to come, but I think that would be a long time coming. And I honestly think if that's the case, a heel Naomi going after the SmackDown Women's Championship, I can be on board with that, man. I've already pitched for her to win the Royal Rumble this year. She should have been the one in my eyes to beat Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania and be crowned the SmackDown Women's Champion. WWE clearly did not see it that way because they had to give the Royal Rumble a sleepy vibe to it and have Ronda Rousey win the Royal Rumble. But that's the way I would have done it. So we will see what happens, man. There's a lot of talk about that, a lot of interviews, a lot of questions about that. Maybe WWE is not ready for that yet, but clearly Usos want it and Naomi wants it as well. In the back... And by the way, there's nothing left for Sasha and Naomi to do. What's next? What is next for them to do? How about they make a trip to NXT? How about we unify the fucking women's tag team titles as well? Seriously. Have them go against Toxic Attraction and have the unification of those tag team titles and make them as one. There's no reason why we need, there's no reason why we need two sets of women's tag team titles. None. Absolutely none. Ricochet. He was in the back with Drew Gulak. This may be one of the last times, Ricochet. You may be chatting up with Drew Gulak, man. I feel like he has a fucking 201 area code about to pop up on his cell phone, man. People power. Oh, Drew Gulak. We're going to wish you uh, well in your future endeavors. 
It's not, uh, it's not you, but it's Spongebob. We'll see you on dark. Ricochet was uh, chatting up with Drew Gulak. He gave Gulak a pep talk and motivated him to confront Gunther. There were audible Walter, Walter chants in Connecticut. So Gulak said, yeah, I'm going to confront Walter or Gunther, and I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. Ricochet is the last one to be giving any motivational speeches. This guy is carrying around a title that hasn't been defended on pay-per-view since, get this, folks, WrestleMania 37 in what was a Nigerian drum match between Apollo Crews, who's going to be on the budget cut list when it's released, and Big E Langston. He should not be giving motivational speeches to anybody. Uh, so he talks about Gunther, he talks shit about Gunther, and then he rounds the corner, and there is standing uh, Kaiser and Gunther. So Marcel Bartel says, uh, what was that you were saying about the uh, ring general? I can't do a good uh, Kaiser. The ring general. What was that you were saying about the ring general? So Walter, well, we'll call him Walter because that's his real name. Walter was uh, in this angry fucking vibe. He grabs Gulak by the throat. He shoves him into a door. He rips his shirt off and he gives him one of the most vicious chops you will see on live television to a point where Gulak's chest was visibly turning Purple, right before our very eyes. Yes. I would not take that shop for any amount of money you offer me. That looked brutal. Drew Gulak, uh, bro, let me tell you something, man. We all love you, but your time is quickly ticking, and Johnny Ace is picking up his phone as of uh, right now, man. He may be doing it a little slow because uh, he's a little fucking, <laughs> you know, people power. Johnny Laurinaitis, you know, but uh, it'll be coming. It'll be coming. Don't worry, bro. Don't worry, bro. Listen, TK's got a spot waiting for you on Elevation as we speak. We got another match with Butch. Man, this is a new one. I haven't seen this one before. Holy shit. This is a fresh match, man. This is a fresh match. Butch versus Kofi Kingston. These fucking guys have been feuding since fucking January. Why? Like the two-minute match at WrestleMania. Shouldn't have ended it. They continued to feud all through April. It is May 13th, and we're still getting this fucking feud. I mean, there was a fucking tables match last week where there was one clear-cut winner and one clear-cut loser. But here we are. Again. Why? Is there nothing else for these two teams to do? Oh, that's right. You don't want to tag team unify the division. It's great. It's great. That's a great one, Bruce. Fucking clown. Butch beat Kofi. I mean, it's never a bad match. But how many fucking times? How many times? I don't get it. So Kingston started off with a running drop kick. Butch took it to Kingston with a series of forearms. Butch slowed the pace down and worked the joint manipulation. Kingston missed a sliding drop kick, hit a springboard forearm instead. 
Kingston was being beaten down. He fought back, hit a drop kick. Kingston went for a springboard clothesline, but Butch countered with a forearm. Kingston recovered. He hit an SOS for a near fall. And Kingston hit a double foot stomp. He set up for the trouble in paradise. Rich Holland, all of a sudden, tries to get on the apron, and he tried to interfere. Woods pulls him off the apron. Sheamus comes over and pokes his fucking nose into the business. He gives Xavier Woods a big jumping kick. I believe it was a bro kick. It looked like a jumping knee, but he did deliver, I guess, a bro kick. Kingston knocked Sheamus off the apron with a super kick. Butch took advantage of the detraction. He hit the bitter end, which they did not know the name of his finishing move. Somebody said, I think it was Michael Cole that finally called it what it was. Pat McAfee had no fucking clue what it was. The bitter end, and that was it. Butch beats Kofi, one, two, three. After the match is over, Butch ran into the crowd. He returned to the stage after celebrating with the fans in attendance, and he returned to the stage to celebrate with Sheamus and Ridge Holland. Why? How many more times do we need to see the same fucking match? Next week, it'll be Xavier Woods versus Sheamus. Guarantee it. Again. In the back, Sami Zayn. He was chatting it up with Paul Heyman. He wants to know what's going on and how everybody's feeling about his allegiance or dedication to the tribal chief. Well, Sammy approached Paul Heyman in the back. He says he might have overstepped his boundaries by accepting the match with terms that affected the bloodline. He wanted Heyman to be sure things are okay. Sammy said, uh, Sammy said that they uh, disrespected the entire locker room by coming over from Raw, and he said he was the one who stepped up. He says he wants to be sure the relationship with the locker room leader and the head of the table is synergistic. He says he needs to get his respect back, and he wants to be sure Reigns is not angry. Heyman looked at Sammy, put his arm around Sammy and said, Sammy, your tribal chief appreciates you. Sammy Zayn looked happy. We don't know if that means anything at this moment in time. Maybe Sammy Zayn gets involved. Maybe Sammy Zayn gets involved and does something next week to a point where we get this rematch again at Hell in a Cell inside the cage. I don't know. You guys let me know. That's your homework. How is WWE going to book a fuck finish for this tag team title match, unification match, next week on SmackDown? The Bloodline. They made their way to the ring. Roman Reigns took about five minutes to get to the ring, and he soaked up all the crowd love and the heel heat in Connecticut. Reigns was in the middle of the ring after five minutes. He asked the crowd to acknowledge him as always. Reigns told Heyman that that they smashed them all and no one is left. He said he is untouchable. But you see, this is where things get interesting. He explained that the Usos might have somebody next. He asked what they're going to do about it. Orton and Riddle made their entrance to RK Bros music. And Orton gets into the ring. He says he sees Reigns smiling. But, uh, you know, you didn't smash John Cena. Roman Reigns mentioned John Cena. He mentioned uh, Drew McIntyre. Randy Orton had a little bit of a a problem by Roman Reigns mentioning John Cena. You did not smash John Cena. He said Cena is 10 times the superstar he will ever be. 
believe that, he said. We may be getting seeds planted for a Randy Orton and Roman Reigns feud. That's what I think that is. We may get that at Money in the Bank. Who knows? So, Matt Riddle then, all of a sudden, and I laughed out loud at this. I thought this was hilarious. With what Riddle said here, I thought was hilarious. Riddle said, before bed, he likes to set the mood, grab his laptop, turn the lights down, reach over his nightstand, and grab some, and Randy Orton stopped him. Whoa! I do not like where this is headed, Riddle. And then he tells Randy, Randy, I was going to say I was reaching over the nightstand to grab my headphones. Riddle told him to get his mind out of the gutter. Riddle says he watched their match from Backlash where they lost and he was thinking that they need to make the unification match happen. He asked fans what they think and obviously everybody is in favor of it. Orton said Jimmy and Jay have one brain between them and let me say this slow enough for you guys to understand We want a tag team title match so we can take your tag team championships. What do you say? He spoke in that tone and very slowly. Jimmy accepted. Jay said, yeah, we accept, but not tonight. But next week works, Oos. Jimmy said there will be two titles on each of their shoulders after next Friday. Riddle then all of a sudden need Roman Reigns in the face. It looks stiff. Orton and Riddle bailed. Heyman and the Usos checked on an angry Roman Reigns. And this match is now official. Graphic and everything. Title unification. Tag team title unification match next week. RK-Bro and the Usos. On Friday Night SmackDown. That was your SmackDown episode, guys. Not really uh, much going on on Friday night, man. I'm sorry. Show was not good tonight. The simple fact that I could sit here for an hour and a half and cut this thing down the way that I do and pick apart all the negative, bad things that don't make sense so easily. How can anyone sit there and say this is a good show? There was nothing redeeming about this show at all. Nothing. Kind of makes me wish I did watch Rampage tonight. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you very much for hanging out with me on Friday nights. Once again, tonight sponsored by Audible, audibletrial.com slash off the script. Make sure you guys download uh, the free web browser using our link, audibletrial.com slash off the script. You guys are going to get 30 days free of this service and one free audio book of your choice. You guys can cancel anytime within those 30 days and still get to keep your audio book for free. Next time you guys will see me live is on Sunday night. Episode 430 of the podcast, man. We will be rocking and rolling as always on Sunday night in the OTS venue. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys continue to hit that thumbs up, man. I see less than 700 likes in the live stream chat. Why? 
Did I not make you laugh? Did I not bring you sheer intelligence? Did I not break this thing down like I always do? Hit that thumbs up, man. Let's try for at least 750 likes on tonight's live stream. Also, continue to get those super chats in. We're going to hang out right now. And we're going to start at the top. Joseph Taylor with a $5 super chat. I can see the man. The man of the year? You mean men of the year. I can see the men of the year taking on Sammy and Frankie at double or nothing. Or I can see Scorpio Sky versus Ethan Page at double or nothing. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. Roman versus Drew ain't happening until Cardiff. I feel Drew is beating Roman then for at least one belt. If Roman is not wrestling at Hell in a Cell, why tease Riddle now? I don't know if they tease Riddle versus Orton, or Riddle versus uh, Reigns, rather, but I think everybody would much rather see Randy Orton. And if they are teasing Riddle and Reigns, it may be a setup to turn Randy Orton heel and break up RK, bro. Could be another reason why the unification is going to happen. Because there's nobody on Monday Night Raw worth holding those championships. There's no division on Monday night. And by default, they just want the Usos to look just as good as Reigns in the bloodline and push the narrative of the bloodline being the best faction of all time, which we know they're not. MGM Bolin, 499 Super Chat. Thank you for your words of wisdom in response to my Super Chat on Monday. It made me feel a lot better. Proud to call this place my second family. MGM Bolin, my pleasure, brother. I hope you are doing very well, man. We got a $2 Super Chat from The Dud. I think the Jokers are returning. Miro and Athena. I could see it being Miro. I would not have a problem with it being Miro. I do think it is Athena. I do know that Candice LeRae is being summoned by higher-ups in AEW. Most notably, the Young Bucks. They love Candice LeRae. It may be Candice, it may be Johnny. A two-for-one deal. But it also could be Cesaro. Cesaro has not taken any offers from anybody simply because Tony Khan wants him to come on in and he wants his first appearance to be with AEW and then you can go do what you need to do. I don't know. But returning Miro, I would, uh, I would not have a problem with that at all. Jay Patterson with a $5 Super Chat. Roman needs to lose to Cody and Drew. Take his break. Come back at Mania. Face the Rock for head of the table and lose. Bloodline is getting old. Yes. I do think that Roman drops the title to Drew in the United Kingdom. I think that is uh, in the works, and I think that is uh, WWE's makeup, make good for uh, Drew McIntyre. Winning the WWE title against Brock Lesnar in an empty gymnasium and then having a very subpar title run on Monday night. Spirit of the Wolf with a $5 super chat. He simply says, Wee! Wood. Thank you, Spirit of the Wolf with a $5 super chat. Gotham Guy with a five in Super Chat. JD, there is a deleted scene for the Batman on YouTube. 
It involves an interrogation scene with Batman, and you know who definitely worth a look. Uh, Gotham guy, I have I have seen it. Uh, I don't know why it was a deleted scene. I would have loved to see that in the movie, man. Point Reynaldo with a 499 super chat. Hey, JD, I fell asleep during SmackDown. Can I get a triple? Captain and Coke. Jesse messed up my last one. Uh, Jorge Reynaldo, uh, I'm sorry, bro. Some of the best sleep may occur, uh, may occur during SmackDown. And, and how does Jesse fuck up a Jack and Coke, man? How? Or, or Captain and Coke. How, how, how do you fuck that up? Jesse, how do you fuck that up? We got no Coke! Bro, I'm gonna need you to go to Whole Foods to get some fucking Coke, bro. Seriously. We don't have Pepsi here, man. We're an officially sponsored Coke venue, okay? This fucking guy. Joseph Ted, and fuck the cranberry juice, man. Fuck that. Nobody wants cranberry juice, man. Nobody wants fruit juice with their fucking liquor, okay? Only you. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super jet times two. Kenny Omega is more of a legend than Ronda. Uh, Joseph, I, I don't know about that, bro. Bailey versus Ronda versus Charlotte at SummerSlam. I'll pass. I want a one-on-one -on -one match. Enough of the triple threat matches. We got a 199 Super Chat from Mr. Collector, who is Employee of the Month in Titus Catering. Dana, always. She fills those napkins like a pro, bro. Spirit of the Wolf, $5 Super Chat. Your impressions are the best in the IWC. Oh, Spirit of the Wolf, I know, bro. Nobody does it better than me. Lauren Hutton with a $2 Super Chat times two. I'd be down for an Orton-Roman feud, and Orton and Cena are best friends in reality. How do you know? Do you know them? Are you their neighbors? Are you Randy Orton's neighbor in St. Louis, Missouri? I don't know. Lauren Marie Hutton, also with a 14-month membership in the venue. Lauren, thank you so much. Thank you for the recommitment. Caught highlights, and you are always on point. This show is so bad. May I please get an apple schnapps? I don't even think Jesse knows what the fuck that. Do we even have apple schnapps? I may have to get back there on that, Lauren. I don't even. I don't even know if I have apple anything in the venue. Crown apple, maybe, but apple schnapps, no. Gary, the new man with the two dollars super jack, calling my shot. MJF is pulling a summer punk. Bro, MJF is about to win the AW World Championship. He's not going anywhere. And Ricardo uh, Lino. With a 499 Super Chat. OTS is home. Thanks for making a place for all of us. I ain't done yet, Ricardo. We're going to be adding to the venue. We're going to be adding to the OTS universe, man. Going to schedule a call with my uh, design team, man. We're going to have something really, really spicy this summer. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you all hanging out on this dull 
lethargic, lame, boring Friday night. I wish it was a little bit more exciting over on uh, Friday nights, man, but uh, I can't help if WWE wants to give you sleep-inducing television. I wish I could do a little bit better, man, but nobody wants to watch reviews on YouTube on Friday night. It all sucks. Issa in the chat, she says, Summer of Veer. My birthday is next month, June 16th, 1992. I will be 30 with a $2 super chat with Brandon James Shea. Thank you, bro. Make sure you pop into the venue on June 16th, man. We'll wish you a happy birthday. Anyway, guys, follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Thank you for the 750 likes. Normally, the goal is 1,000. I'll let this one slide. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications and make sure you guys hit that thumbs up on the way out, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for the super chat. Showy Clemenza with a six-month re-up. Gotta admit, did not watch Slackdown tonight, but love hanging out in the venue. Another banger review, man. Thank you, Joey. Guys, I'm getting out of here, man. I need those guitar emojis in the chat. I need those Mustang emojis from my VIPs, and I need that music on max. Guys, I'll see you live on Sunday night with episode 430 of the podcast right here on Off The Scripts. I'll see you later.